Hey, this is Pastor Freddie T., pastor of Real Life Church. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Pastor Tim Nussbaumer is on with me, and he asks some good questions. So I think you're going to enjoy it. I hope you're having a great summer. Stay cool out there, folks. Enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Good me. Good morning. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm really happy to be here. It's Wednesday morning. That's yep. right, isn't yep. it? Wednesday morning. Daniel wasn't feeling well yesterday. Daniel Cox, DJ Daniel Cox. <laughs> but I played, I, I was telling you, I played Elliot in basketball last night, mm-hmm. and uh, I got up on him. I, I just knew I was going to have it in the bag. And then Susan and Lily pulled in, and I was like, hey, you guys watch this. You know, pride comes before a fall. Because I wanted them to see me beat Elliot, because Elliot's a good basketball player. And uh, Ed Knucklehead came back. He hit like four threes in a row, and... Has this happened before, or is this? He's beat this me the most. No, he's oh, okay. He's beat me several times, but I was pretty determined to not lose last night. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my lungs are feeling it pretty good this morning. Oh man! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? Good, man. Good. You know, um, it's early, and there's no caffeine this morning because, uh, yeah. yeah, no, no coffee. Freddie T. He every time we do a podcast, he makes a brilliant brilliant cup of coffee and then this morning drink a little bit and freddie's like this doesn't taste quite right i wonder what's wrong it was nasty and why was that freddie yeah the milk was expired by how long oh it was like two weeks (laughs) yeah so (laughs) jonathan goes out of town for you know a half a week and the milk expires two weeks exactly we are in uh jonathan vincent's lounge over at Vincent Law. Vincent Law. On Townsend Court. Yep. So if we have to like leave in the middle of the podcast, it's just it's just bad milk at that point. <laughs> that's that's right. It's so gross. How's your family doing? Good. Good. How, how long have you lived in Tennessee now? Like a month. One, I think a little bit more month. than a month now. Yeah. I think five weeks. We're still, you know, we're we're still in transition, right. but in two weeks we get it the new house, which we're excited about. Love it. And so this week we're a little spread out. Robin and Emma are in Memphis with uh, her family for a couple weeks while Ian and I are here in Clarksville. So a little bit spread out, ready to be settled, but yeah, super thankful. You said Ian is cranking calculus. He is. On his own? Is he teaching himself calculus? Yeah, I keep saying like, dude, I'll get you a tutor. I will, you know, I was a math major back in the day. I was like, I can help you, but he's he's claiming he's doing fine. You're pretty good at math. I'm okay at math, yeah. but it's been it's been a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> I liked math, but I was always really slow at it. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 It's okay, I got some questions for you. All right. Go for it. Well, some okay. So what's what's been the most surprising thing to you since you moved to Tennessee? What surprised you most? Surprise like anything. Cul- culturally anything, or anything. 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 I mean, okay, so maybe this should not have been a surprise because you and Jonathan both warned me about this. You said like Clarksville has changed since I was here. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't believe you. Yeah. Um, and, and Daniel had mentioned this too about like how many people from 
like out of state and out of town were moving into the area. I gotta be honest though. Like I've been like, so taken aback about how true that is. Like yeah. how many people I've met. And you know, first thing I'll notice like, okay, you don't have a r- really strong Southern accent. And then right. you like inquire a little bit and they're from California, which you guys said, but also like a lot of Midwesterners yeah. in the area. And I feel like that creates a very different feel for Clarksville than it was you know, 20 years ago. It's not just like, it's not just a, uh, it is a Southern town, but it has a very different feel than it did 20 years ago. So that's, that was probably my biggest, biggest surprise. Yeah. So you've served churches in Jackson, Tennessee, here in Clarksville, you've served churches in Atlanta, you served, served churches in New Jersey. Yep. Yep. Um, what has struck you most about real life? Um, the, willingness of like, you know, the volunteers to like really, um, go above and beyond just like, you know, their attitude. I'll brag about him. I, I think I said this Sunday, uh, Pat, Pat Pierce, uh, Pierce, like for load in team, you know, typically a load in team and it, like, they're like intense and it's like, don't bother me. We got to get this right, done. Right. But like, he is just so like present, yes. like he's fully present Yes. And just uh, his attitude is like, hey, we're, we're going to do whatever it takes to get yes. this done. Just really cool, you know, to see. And that's, he's an example, but I've seen that, you know, um, over and over again of people just willing to go like above and beyond, which is really, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, mo- so. most load-in teams that I'm historically familiar with uh, have been there by way of sacrifice, yeah. right? Yeah. Like grip my Somebody's got to do it. Right. And yeah. uh, our team... They love it, man. They do. They love serving together. They love each other. Yeah. Going to Waffle House early morning. Yeah. 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 So. What else? As you think about just what you're experiencing, all things real life, what else has struck you? The reason I ask mm-hmm. is, you know, it doesn't take long before everything that we experience, we take for granted. Yep. Right? So I think it's cool for our people to get to hear you reflect with your fresh eyes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the other thing that people, we need to make sure that we don't take for granted is the fact that we have baptisms on like a regular basis, you know, um, it, it, church planting in New Jersey, as you know, New York, same thing, a, a very different thing. Like it, it takes, um, in some ways it, it takes a lot longer, like to plant the seed and to see fruit and to, uh, so whenever we do a baptism, you know, Big, big deal. Huge celebration. We went to the shore. And so to come here and to see, like, this consistent, like, oh, here's another person that got radically saved, and to celebrate that in between services, um, I I cannot get enough of that. And, like, that's mm-hmm. one of those things you said, like, it's very quick. You can very quickly just get used to sort something. That's right. something I never want to get used to. That's I want right. to, like celebrate that every single time that's it happens. That's so good. And, uh, I, and it has been. Like, I mean, the last yeah. one... Like I celebrated that. It was just yeah. such a cool feel and a party feel yeah. to see. You could see it in their eyes, just the excitement of, uh, of what it meant to them. So that, yeah, man. that for me has been amazing and yeah. I'm excited to see more and more. There's, so. there is a move of God. There mm. is a move of God. Timmy, yesterday we just, in our staff meeting, we just wrote stories up mm. on the, up on the board of everything we're seeing God do. And there was a young woman who worshiped with us online. Yep. Got saved online, left us a note via the connect card. Yep. And then she was baptized Sunday. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, and that's exactly the sort of thing that, you know, uh, the whole online thing, I know a lot of folks were like, oh, well, now that the pandemic is over or mostly over, we don't have to do that anymore. But like, those are the stories that for us make it so worthwhile and to, for us to go like, yeah, we're not, why would we stop that when we know the gospels get hearing maybe folks that wouldn't normally go to church, they're hearing it online and we see the fruit of that. So yeah. I love it. It, it, it blows me. It blows me away when I think about it, you know? Yep. And I, and for me, it's just, I often ask the question, where do we see evidences of God's grace? Mm-hmm. And it's just such an evidence of his grace. And Man, it's like we've got so many servants behind the scenes pushing buttons, making sure we're online, making sure the audio can be heard, like all of that. Um, And it's their hard work behind the scenes that makes the difference for this young woman to get to hear the gospel. But even so, like, you know, a lot of people will talk about our experience and how friendly the church is, you know, and all that, Mm -hmm. and like our systems, and oh, wow, you had us organized, or I knew what my first step was, or all that stuff, right? right? Um, but this gal get, didn't get to experience any of that. And, and for me, that's such a powerful evidence of God's grace where it's like, okay, God, you, you took the gospel yep. and, and it was fruitful Love in our heart. Yeah. Love it. Yep. A lot of moving parts, things that people don't think about or see, but they make all the difference, you yeah. know, and that's been, it's the body of Christ, right? Like there's not... And there's not a part that is not needed, and all those little things are are huge. Yeah. So, um, so thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, I miss JV, of Jonathan. Course, me too. Uh, and you were reminding me his birthday is this week. It's tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, is which right? is tomorrow. Yes. Yes. This is not Tuesday. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and it, podcast listeners, listen. Jonathan Vinton turns. 50 years old Thursday. The big five zero. Half a century. <laughs> right? And he has his little, you know, his health ring now that tells him all about his health. Oh, He's, really? You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. You should ask him about that. He's super, super excited. Okay. All right. <laughs> He's so, wearing a ring that yep. tells him how well he slept. Yeah. How yep. many times he belched in the middle of the night. That's or, right. That's exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. What do those health rings tell you anyways? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Everything. Jonathan, you're dying. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's kind of how he thinks. Yeah, I think. yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. oh, man. So I miss you, old man. Come back from the mountains soon. I'm so glad you're getting time away. You deserve it and you need it. And, yes. um, uh, and we're so thankful for your hospitality, for letting us be in the lounge today. And... Um, so hurry back soon with your health ring, you 50-year-old <laughs> man. So he's not going to – will he be back in town? Do you know tomorrow? I don't I don't think so. I think this weekend, but I'm not I'm Daniel's not sure. saying yes. Oh, is, he is. See, they come back today? They came back yesterday. He's in town right now. Oh, call him right now. Why is he not here? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's see if I can call him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can't call. Hang on. All right. All right. This is in real up. time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's see. <laughs> Come on, JV. Come on. Come on. Don't turn me. Don't reject me. Don't reject me. <laughs> He'll pick up if I call back a second time. It is 749. Yeah. Your call. You think he's? You think he's sleeping? I think. In? I think he's going. 
This is Freddie. Have he's you ever trying heard, to get me on the podcast? Have right you ever now. heard of Roy D. Mercer? Oh yeah. Okay. It's been a while, but yeah. That's what this reminds me. of. <laughs> Roy D. Daniel, do you know Roy D. Mercer? Oh, you're about to be enlightened. <laughs> podcast listeners, do not judge your pastor for talking about Roy D. Mercer. All right, let's see. Oh, come on. Now Jonathan's like he's not going to answer. Is this an emergency? That no. Knucklehead. No, this is Freddie. Trying to get me on the podcast. I, I'm like trying to picture what Jonathan's thinking right now. Shoot. All right. I'm not. A third call means an emergency. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, well. We tried, Jonathan. We yes. tried. Oh, man. Uh, Timmy, have you watched any baseball? America's national pastime. Baseball. What? Yeah. Tell me, what, what is this? Is this a sport? It is a sport. Okay. Unlike soccer. <laughs> Which is like a hobby. Oh, you mean the world's game? No. <laughs> you know what? I've never really, I've never watched much football, but Tennessee has had a, you know, a good team this year. Baseball? So, yeah. So you I watched. football. Sorry. It's okay. I, I watched some baseball this year. That was Tennessee. They were kind of cocky. Though. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> kind of cocky is not a good description. I saw somebody on Twitter said it was like the Catholics versus classless. Classless. Yes. I, Ouch, bro! It's so bad for. I mean, I love their grit and their passion, but yeah. their nastiness is yeah. just bad. Yeah, players getting kicked out and it's, yeah, it's gestures and it's just bad. Yeah, yeah, that was a bummer. Um, well, I'm excited to be on the podcast, dig into the sermon a little bit. So let's come back and uh, dig in. So we'll be right back. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at Real Life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday it real life. So text that friend today. And we are back. Uh, Timmy, on Sunday morning, uh, have you been able to sit through the whole worship service or have you been called upon to go put out fires and that kind of thing? Yes, I was, I was in the first service. So I got to hear it in, uh, in real time. And, uh, I think you alluded to this, like God was like really moving in the, in the first service. You could just, you could feel it. And, uh, yeah, like this is not scripted. I'll just say this: like I love, I love that you like really dive into the text and don't like rush it. Like you know, you, you give context and, um, you know, we're in we're in a day where I'll, it's really tempting to you know throw out like a culture war issue or you know something like kind of catchy. And so I really really appreciate the fact. I literally in the first service was sitting there being so thankful that you were doing the deep dive you did on a, let's be honest, a tricky, hard parable. It's not, you even said it's not, you know, we love as preachers, we love to preach about like grace and mercy and and love. And so you, all of a sudden you hit one on judgment and, you know, there's a temptation to like either kind of gloss over that or not talk about it as much, but, but sitting there and letting it be uncomfortable, like, is a good thing. And I, I was really, really appreciative of that on, on Sunday morning. Yeah. Thanks man. It's good. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, one of, one of the first parts of the message you, you started off at the beginning where, it, you know, you talked about 
Jesus preaching the gospel and, and you, you know, talked about four words, which I thought was great. And I don't know why this had never struck me before, but like Jesus preached the gospel and this is pre cross and pre resurrection. And so like one of my first questions as I'm sitting there is like, like what did Jesus actually preach? Like when he, when he preached the gospel, did he, did he preach it? Like, you know, like we would, did he preach it differently? I'm curious if like, you thought about that, like as you were like studying, or like what? How did how that come out for you? Yeah, well, it, you know, one of the benefits of preaching through a text of scripture is that it kind of all builds, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if you're familiar with the gospels, then certainly you probably know Jesus was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, um, yep. where he's announcing the kingdom is has come, not in full. But it has come. As the king has come, the kingdom has has arrived. Mm. Um, But oftentimes we understand the gospel in terms of uh, Christ on the cross, dying on the cross, buried, risen from the dead, as as Paul would explain the gospel, kind of in the nut, uh, kind of in the kernel, small kernel of the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15. Right. And really interestingly enough, Jesus preaches the gospel before he goes to the cross. He preaches the gospel in that way. Luke 9, 21 and 22. And I actually referenced this text um, Sunday, but it, it, it picks up and he says, um, Luke says, and he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, uh, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Mm. So the gospel that you and you and I now preach as as this happened, Jesus was preaching as this is going to happen. Right. Right. And uh, so, so it's the same good news that he was announcing. It just hadn't yet happened. Yep. And yep. you know, so so it's one thing to believe that a man died on a cross it's it's altogether another thing to believe that that man was indeed reconciling the world to god while he was dying on yeah, the cross yeah because like right a lot of messiahs there were a lot of would-be messiahs in that time that died on the cross or died on a cross jesus was pretty unique though in the, in the sense that he predicted it and then defeated you know sin and death with the resurrection which yeah so good man so good so preaches the gospel, the kingdom of God is here, not here. And then he would do all these parables talking about like what the kingdom is like, which is where you went next. And, and in particular, you talked about this idea of uh, authority, you know, and, and living under the authority of Jesus, like fully under the authority of Jesus. And so, I mean, my mind just like went uh, racing at this point because you have this like idea of like you have the owner of the vineyard and you have like the tenants and then you have the messengers and you have the tenants of course are the religious leaders that are hearing this. So I'm curious, like in your mind, what is the responsibility of this, of the tenants in, in this parable in in relation to the owner? If, If God is kind of the owner of the vineyard, what would have been, you know, the responsibility of these tenants that are, that are working the vineyard? Yeah, well, I would I would caveat just one little mm-hmm. thing that you said that the tenants definitely represent the religious leaders, but I think even more robustly so represent like Israel. Us. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. now uh, it's certainly yeah. a, a prophetic message to us. But I think historically, as he was sending his servant back to the tenant, to the tenants, right? It represents him sending the prophets to his people historically. Mm-hmm. So, circle back yep. to your question. It's early. Yep. Uh, can you restate your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, what? What would the tenants? What would their responsibility be to this land? Like in the parable, if you know God is the owner and the tenants sure, are yeah. supposed to be, you know working the land and giving, I'm assuming, profit back to yeah, yeah. the owner. Because if, if we are the tenants in the story, right. I know one of the things I heard years ago is like whenever you hear a parable, the question at the end is often like, where do you, like, where are you in the parable? Yeah. You know, like where, yeah. where do you place yourself? Sure. And so I'm thinking if I'm the tenant, what does that, what does that mean for me as yeah. a tenant and not an owner? Well, the first thing is to understand the, the nature of the relationship. Right. Right. You know, and so it's, you know, it's, it's, Oftentimes, Timmy, it's it's pointing out the things that are most obvious mm-hmm. in the scripture, and then dwelling on, yeah. meditating on them. Right. So the most obvious thing is, is well, you you have a landowner and a tenant. Right. So what's the nature of that relationship? Well, the the tenants have to do with the landowner. You know what they're asking. You know, like there's an agreement. There's an understanding that that the land doesn't belong to them. You know, they, wow. it's, it's entrusted to them. Right. Yep. And, uh, and, and so in, in renting the land from the landowner, they were to bring back, you know, part of the harvest as their payment. That would have been kind of the way that they mm-hmm. would have rented the land is, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to rent you this land. You give me a, you know, percentage of the harvest. That's good. Yeah. Wow. So wow. there would have been that understanding of, of obligation to the landowner. Yep. Yep. I mean, as you're talking, wow. Like it just hit me that like our tendency is we want to be the owner, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, because you talked about like uh, under the obligation and under the authority of, of this, owner, we want to like pretend we're not tenants and be an owner of the land. And that's where we get into some of the issues that you talked about on, on Sunday, where we want to be, you know, our own authority and, the word that came up for me was like entitlement. Like, yeah. you know, like when we all of a sudden we feel like we deserve things, that's like a very like owner thing to do. Right. Yeah. Is like, yeah. these are my rights. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I think for, for me, like asking the question, like, what does it look like to live under authority as opposed to being, you know, my own authority is super, super convicting for yeah. me. Well, the, the drama of this particular text is the fact that these religious leaders had this kind of power. Mm. They had this kind of authority. And so um, they were unable to see Jesus as their Messiah because they saw him as a threat to their authority, to their power. Right. I remember when I was a young man, a pastor shared with me, he said, men lust for power the same way they lust for sex. And I was a young man. I understood what it meant to lust for sex. I had had that experience, but I didn't understand what it meant to lust for power. Mm. And it took me years of just observing and experiencing and watching um, people lust for power. And then I look back and see it manifesting in my own life as well. Yep. So, but I love where you're going with it in terms of in a very real sense, we're no different than these religious leaders because we like to, in an entitled way, Hold, hold on, on yep. to a perceived authority that we that we have on our life. 
yeah. it's it's uh, Timmy. It's really interesting because I think there's a I think there's an unhealthy teaching in the church. I haven't heard this a lot lately, but mm-hmm. you used to hear it. I used to hear it all the time, where people would say, "Well, when I was ten years old, I received Jesus as my Savior, but when I was twenty years old, I made Him my Lord." Uh, yes, and. Uh, yeah. And you separating know, and, out Savior and Lord. Basically. Yeah, well, like let me split Jesus in half, and I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna receive half of him when I'm ten, and half of him. And I think that's just a fundamental misunderstanding of the gospel. Yep. Right. Yep. Like, okay, you maybe at ten you began to understand the gospel. Maybe at ten you began to long for God's grace, or you began this process of understanding who Jesus is and how you can respond to Him. Mm. Um, That's good. But it's impossible to receive Jesus' grace and not receive Jesus for who he is. And he is Lord. He is king. Over every area of our life. Right. And I think you brought it out toward the end of like when you asked the question of like what, um, in in like what areas of your life have you not given authority over to Jesus? I think you said it something like that. And I think like that's that's huge because like in different areas we try to take ownership and like, we want to be our own master and not give it over, you know, over to him. And so like, for me, like what, if, if a person's hearing that and they're going like, okay, like how would I even begin to know what areas that those are in my life? You know, like what are some questions that maybe people could ask? Um, if that makes sense, like, Oh if, yeah. yeah. Like what questions sure. could they ask to go like, what areas am I not giving over? Yeah. Well, life. so the first thing I would say is pray Psalm 139, which mm-hmm. is a prayer that says, search my heart, O God. Right? So invite the Holy Spirit to show you. That's good. And the Holy Spirit will do that. He loves answering that prayer uh, of convicting you. It's what the Spirit does. He convicts us. He comforts us. He counsels us, but he, he convicts us of sin. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's some of those questions, some of those why questions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in terms of, um, you know, why, why are you staying late at work today? Yeah. Uh, why did you raise your voice just now? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, huh. what? Um, what is it that you get angry about? And why do you get angry about that? You okay. Know? That, yeah, the, that sparks something for me. That, that idea of, like, when you raise your voice, you know... It, when you become inordinately angry over something, I, I think that's that's so good because that does reveal a mindset of like ownership versus like being a tenant. I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember this was years ago when Ian was younger, and you know this about me. I, I love Tennessee football, which is probably why I said football earlier. Like I, even up in New Jersey, I was – you know, I was crazy for Tennessee football. And <laughs> I remember one time I was watching, I think Tennessee get, get beat by Georgia. I'm not bitter. Um, and Ian as like a five or six year old kept coming in the room and like interrupting me. <laughs> and I remember like, and this is not me. I don't have a temper. I remember like yelling at him saying like, you know, like kind of snapping at him. And I had this moment. And I think the Holy spirit was like, Hey, what, what was that? what like what was that and he kind of focused in on my heart that like I had taken a good thing and made it like an idol and like thought that my time was mine and I had made something that I thought was fun but I'd elevated it above like my relationship my with my family 
And so like God just kind of in that moment, like just reminded me, and it was exactly what you said. It was like, yeah, pay attention to like when your voice gets a little bit louder, when you get angry over something uh, that you shouldn't be angry about, maybe there's like an idol underneath that that you need to pay attention to. So I think, yeah, that's a great, great question. Yeah, I'm I'm a natural risk taker. That's why I resign my job and go plant a church that doesn't exist, right? So <laughs> I'm a natural risk taker. But last night I was, um, Lily and I were talking and she said, could the church fire you? And I said, well, yeah, there's a process in place that if I, you know, if I did things that were not consistent with what a pastor needed to do, the church, right. the church could fire me. And she's like, but everybody sins. And I said, well, that's right. I said, but but the Bible has specific qualifications for a pastor, you know, and, and so we opened up to First Timothy and then Titus, and we're, mm-hmm. we're reading through some of the qualifications. And um, in one, one, of the, one of the marks of, of an elder is that he would not be insubordinate. And so, and so, you know, I'm asking Siri for very specific definitions just to get, like, mm-hmm. you know, like rather than me give Lily, like, a off-the-cuff definition, I'm like, let's get, let's get the definition from Siri. And the definition for insubordinate had to do with like authority, you know. Yep. And um, and there's often like little things in my life, like um, like driving down a road that might say, uh, you know, employees only. Right. And I'm like, ah, that's fine. I can, I can yeah, do it. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and I just go barreling on down. You know, almost like some of these, like. Like if in my mind I can reason out that that's a dumb rule, I'll break it. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, uh, or um, so I, you know, so I shared openly with Lily. You know, it's like, hey, you, these are good things you can pray for me. You know, these these qualifications of an elder that I would live these out well. But just in authority, I think that's a that's a that's a real life authority issue for me, where I want to be, I want to be authority. I don't want to submit myself. Right. To governing authorities. Yep. Yep. In some ways, we're more comfortable being the authority than living under authority. And I think like paying attention to those moments where we feel, man, I want to rebel against that. And like listening and going like, all right, what, what was that? You know, what, what was there in that moment? And I think, you know, it's different, different areas and for different people at different times, you know, for some people it's, you alluded to it earlier. It's like the power thing, you know, for some it's, our sexuality for some it's our finances for some it's our time. But I think just going through those and going like, all right, in what ways am I tempted just to say, no, like my money is my money. It's not, right. it's not God's money. And I think, uh, right. That's where it gets real, you know, like is yeah. asking those questions. Yeah. So there's two big things there, right? So, you know, one, if Jesus is your Lord, then you've got to know what Jesus has said. Mm. about everything. Yep. So biblical illiteracy is huge here where people may embrace the nature of the relationship, but they're clueless about what Jesus thinks about A, B, or C because they just haven't sought him and sought the counsel of his will in his word, in his revealed word. So there's a challenge for all of us that would consider ourselves followers of Jesus to familiarize ourselves in an ongoing fashion with his word. In, in the Great Commission, he told the disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Mm. And so I think there's a huge gap 
in many of our lives of just knowing what God has said in his word. Right. Um, but then I find also there's just a, a callousness of heart where folks just e- will easily, you know, folks will get a divorce so easily. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, without without any concept of I'm under authority. Mm. I'm, I'm under, I, I'm not, I'm not free to make, I'm not free to live however I want to live. I'm under authority. We voluntarily put ourselves under authority when we choose to follow Jesus. Um, but but then we don't that, receive it. What's that? We don't receive the authority. We don't receive We fight the against scripture. it. Yeah. We fight against it. Yeah. Like in, in, in our flesh, the mm-hmm. devil, you know, there's the world would, would, Seek us would would seek to cause us to fight against that authority. Yep. Because um, yep. you you talked about how the messengers were not received, right? Like every time a messenger came, they would they would be rejected or sent away and, and shamed or beat up. Um, which it, it's kind of that idea, right? Like we get a message or we get like you know the truth, and we we do the same thing. Like, yeah. like what do you think it was? In these, in in the Israelites and the religious leaders that like refused to accept the messengers. In this case, I guess the the prophets of old. Is it that it was just a rebellion of like, no, we don't want to hear from someone else, or like, what what, what else was going on there? Well, do you think? I mean, there was a, there was, I mean, the the prophets often used phrases like stiff necked, mm. you know, uh, often referred to their hearts, you know is being hardened and darkened, you know, and, and, and so, so I think, I mean, I think that there's just the, the massive problem of the flesh, sinful nature, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and Daniel, Daniel and I were talking this morning and, and he, he just kicked off his summer study last night on worship. And he was talking about how people are, we're, we're all, natural worshipers. Yep. So we're all worshiping someone or something all the time. It's, it's like the, it's the activity of our, of our heart. Right. 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 You don't and, have to teach somebody how to worship. They're worshiping. Great. The question is, right. what is the object? That's of right. Worship? That's yeah. right. That's right. We give our time, our energy, our allegiance, our affection. We give those to something or someone. Yep. Yep. And so I think that, that was often the, you know, the people of Israel's problem is that they were worshiping you know false gods, false gods. right yep. they were um, yep that's so. right that's right what do you what do you think i mean that's a that's hard that's a challenging point right to to think that i'm either i think it was uh, jeff christofferson said this once he said you are either at all moments you are either expanding the kingdom of god or you're expanding the domain of darkness there is no third sort of neutral kingdom. And I remember when he said that, I was like, man, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty (laughs) like that, that hit so home to me that like every moment, like we're either, you know, in the spirit or we're not. And so like, um, and and that's kind of where you went at the end, you know, when you talked about like um, the stone that the builders rejected became the cornerstone, like this is a, um, a stone that will either crush you or it will be your foundation. And there, like there's, it's, it's, a choice. It's one of those two things. There's not this sort of third neutral ground, which I think is incredibly convicting and challenging to us to say like, you know, what is it? Are you building your life in a way that is on the true rock, you know, that is on Jesus? 
or are you going to be crushed by the rock because you continue, you know, to reject him? So Lord help us. Yeah. It's a, you know, again, it's, it's not this nice little, you know, uh, easy message of, of just love and grace that we like to preach, but it's truth. And it, it's, it's a challenge to us to say, are you going to, what's the foundation of your life? Are you going to build it on the rock? Or are you going to try to build it, you know, on, on your, on your own wishes and make yourself king? Yeah. So very convicting. Yeah. Yeah. There's these tensions in scripture that are always living, you know? Yes. Um, the friendship and fear, right? Exactly. Yeah, with God. Exactly. And we need them both. That's we right. need them both. Yeah. So. Well, this Sunday's Father's Day. Looking forward to, I think, I think I'm going to do a Father's Day message. So, nice. Yeah, you know, sometimes... You, Still I, in Luke, or are you going to no, do it kind of I think of a, I'll probably customize a, a message okay. for fathers, yeah. Nice. I'm, I've been meditating on it a little bit, so... Yep, and I've heard rumors of a nice little gift on Sunday That's as right, well I men. love what our staff team came up with. Yeah, yeah. man, I'm excited. Just, secret, or are we, we going to keep it... Yeah, it'll be a secret. All right, all but right. Let's come back and talk about what's ahead. Yeah. You got anything else on the sermon you want to touch on? Did you have anything else you wanted to um, dig into? Yeah, I mean, I, I the uh, one the one, I'd tell you one other piece that like did stand out was um, like, and this came out of a conversation actually I had yesterday with somebody um, in the office. We were talking about how when like when we receive hard truth from somebody, it made me think about the messengers how they were rejected, how um, it's easy to focus on the messenger as opposed to the message. I mean, and like. As soon as they said that, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's like so relevant to the sermon too, because uh, the question is, am I teachable in, in, in a moment? When somebody comes to me with hard truth, I think our tendency in the flesh is to focus on the messenger and go, we start questioning their motives, or I don't like the way they said it, they were too harsh, as opposed to, is there something in here that I can learn from, that I can grow from, you know, or am I just going to reject the messenger and lose the chance to actually um, be discipled and to grow closer uh, to Jesus. And so I, th- I thought that was another, um, that's, that's in the parable, and it's so true that we, we will look for any excuse to mm. reject the truth by focusing on the messenger as yeah. opposed to the message. There's a good, I mean, it's so, so, it's so, so good. I, you know, we're, this summer, we're doing these lunches with our interns. Yep. And, um, and each one of our staff are taking a different Tuesday to share just a devotional thought right. with our interns. And what you just said is exactly what I've been thinking about and sharing with the interns mm. of being um, teachable, yeah. hung, hungry, eager to learn. And that is a posture of heart. And then what does that look like by way of question asking, you know, yes. proactively asking questions? receiving instruction from anyone, you know, in a humble way. Yeah. And and there's so much promise there because God promises to give grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. Yeah. Right. So there's a great promise there if we're, if we're willing to be teachable, as you said. Yep. And you know, one of our values at real life is grace and truth and relationships. And it's great when it works, but if we're going to be honest, a lot of people either lean too far on the grace side and don't say truth. There's folks that lean too far on the truth side and don't do grace. Yeah. And like, I think <laughs> that like when you get somebody that's all truth and no grace, it's very easy to go, 
well, of course you're going to say that. That's, that's what you're, you know, you're just an angry person and you're, you know, you're just this as opposed to coming in humility and going, you know what, like there's something for me here, you know, to learn. That's really good. uh, Jesus, King Jesus, he was the perfect embodiment of grace and truth. truth. Yep. Yep. So good. Well, let's come back and finish up in just a minute. Thanks for being with us today, guys. Yep. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in His work, in His ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. And we are back. Timmy, I'm looking forward to this summer. Uh, summer studies have kicked off. People have got a, a great opportunity to both connect with God's people and to grow in their faith. Plug it into a summer study. You can text mission to 97,000 right now. See all the different summer studies we have. We've got some studies that don't start till August. Um, super excited about that. Yep. And um, we have Kid Olympics coming up in just a couple of weeks. Kid Olympics is really fun because the... The high schoolers lead yep. the kids. Yeah, uh, first time we did it, it was a riot out on the land. It was so good, right? And I mean, riot in the most <laughs> jovial, wonderful kind of a way. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm excited, and I got to tell you, like the students, some of the high school students are excited. I had a kid coming to me on Sunday night is like, "Can I be a coach?" I'm like, "Yeah, man, let, let's do it." So, like, Excellent. their excitement is contagious, and I mean, the kids will have fun just with games. But I, one of the things we told them is like even more than the games is like when you have a high schooler or a middle schooler that's pouring into you, that means like way more than when some bald middle-aged dude, (laughs) you know, (laughs) is pouring into you. So they, they look up to these kids and there's just, it's a neat dynamic. I'm excited. Yeah. Good, good. Anything else on the horizon that you see in the distance that you're thinking about or excited for? Yeah. Well, July 3rd, we're going to have fireworks on the land. Yeah. You know, uh, I've heard really good things from last year. It was like, what What was it, like a 20-minute, like... It was insane. 20-minute show. Insane. Uh, yeah, a volunteer in the church, and I think he wants to remain anonymous, but um, he, uh, he, he bought all the fireworks and kind of organized the shooting of them off, and it was a great blessing. People came out and put out their lawn chairs and their blankets and had a great fourth. Um, we're going to do it on the third this year, yep. which is Sunday night, so... Um, you know, hopefully that allows everybody to have a 4th of July celebration if they don't have plans, but to do it on the 3rd. But it also allows anybody that has plans, doing their own party, whatever, on the 4th, to join us yeah. Sunday night on the land, July 3rd. Some good food, burgers, dogs, growing, growing out, hanging out on the land. Yeah, it's it'll gonna be, be great. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Now, you'll be at Real Life Students Camp. Yep. Yep. Uh, Daniel Cox and Alex Morris, our n- new missions pastor, they'll be running the show, getting things organized. And um, so, yeah, go ahead and invite your friends and um, plan to join us on July 3rd. It'll be great. Yep. Awesome. 
Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Man. Yeah, this is fun. Fun. And, uh, yep. we'll, we'll do this again. Yep. Uh, hopefully JV's not bashful <laughs> coming, coming back. I can't just believe like him to try to. He didn't pick up. We're going to have to give him a hard time. This. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> DJ Daniel Cox, thanks for running the show over there. There's a demon in the sound system that's giving him trouble this morning. And so. he's just calm, collected, he is working chill. it. He is chill. Timmy, <laughs> keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.